0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The catcher position is now a strength for the Cincinnati Reds, thanks to the depth that Nick Kroll added this offseason. Today, we will look at the key piece that brought the position together and why it is so crucial for the reds growth in 2023 as we look forward to a better year of baseball you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day You are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and uh, Steve will be out today. He's going to be back tomorrow for our live edition of the podcast, but it's just you and me talking Reds baseball today on the locked on Reds podcast. We are part of the locked on podcast network, bringing you your team every day thanks as always for making us your first listen i know i'm getting this episode out a little bit later in the day kind of getting a little bit lax here with the holidays going on but i also wanted the idea of yesterday's episode to marinate a little bit if you haven't checked it out i tell you why i think the reds are going to win at least 75 games in 2023 and today i'm going to expound on that a little bit more as i think that there is a key position group that the Reds struggled mightily in last year, that they have improved dramatically in this year. Can't wait to tell you about that. We're also going to look at a statistic. There's not really a measurement number for a replacement-level manager, but I'm going to attempt to look at something regarding David Bell and asking the question of whether or not he's a good manager. Also, there is a statistic that defines the Reds' struggles at the plate from last season that I don't think we're talking about enough. We're going to uh, point that out later on in the show. But today, we will start off with this. The Reds' catching position will be one of the reasons that the Reds win at least 75 games this year. I know that's hilarious to say based on the fact that last year, the catching position was one of the reasons that they were so bad. And part of that had to do with Tyler Stevenson's injuries and having to replace him. I was looking at some projection models and things like that before last season, uh, just a little bit ago, and they were talking about the Reds catcher position where it's Tyler Stevenson, and then they had Andrew Knapp as the backup catcher. This was before spring training, before the Reds actually reported a good year. This was the Zips projections back in December of 2021, looking ahead toward 2022 and projecting Andrew Knapp as the backup catcher back then you remember right, Andrew Knapp didn't even, I, I don't even really think he played with the Reds. If he did, it was so little that I barely even remember it. I, somebody needs to make a Sporkle quiz of every single player who played for the Reds last year, because it would be impossible to get that all right. There were 69 players, but Andrew Knapp doesn't ring a bell. The guys who did play weren't very good. In fact, just even looking at the statistics and this includes the 50 games from Tyler Stevenson, Reds catchers batted a collective 210 last year. That's including Tyler Stevenson. And we we've talked about how good he was in those 50 games. But as much as Tyler Stevenson is awesome, I mean, we know he's a monster hitter. We know he's a good glove and a game call and a good game caller when it comes to behind the plate. He just has health questions. Or or does he? Like I I want to just kind of think about that for a minute because the injuries that he had did not build upon one another. I mean, the broken collarbone was out of the blue, right? The The concussions are a little bit worrying, but again, these were not building on it. We're not talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa here. We're talking about Tyler Stevenson, where he did have one, and you just don't want him to have multiple. But still, I, I, I don't think that Tyler Stevenson is injury prone. And yet, Nick Crawl did the right thing. Nick Crawl made the catcher position probably the deepest position probably actually I don't even know that it's probably the catcher position might actually be the deepest position on the roster and again this is a huge reason why I think that the Reds will be better next year is because they were so inconsistent and they had to rely on Joe Schmo and and Joshua number two to come in and catch for them in 2022. So I, I think that with the guys that they brought in and, and Kurt Casale being the key piece to the depth of this position for the Reds and, and listen, Kirk Casale that move, you're going to look at his statistics and say, well, Jeff, he didn't hit very well last year, still hit better than most backup catchers that played for the Reds, but still they weren't necessarily that great in numbers. Uh, but consider two things when it comes to Kirk Casale last year, he had one walk for every two strikeouts. That's the kind of rate that you would love to see with more players in today's game. That's a huge problem that we have with Jose Barrero. It's a huge problem we had with Aristides Aquino. The reason why he's not on the roster anymore is because he struck out way too much. There, there was way too many at-bats where he was providing nothing. He wasn't putting the ball in play at all. So whenever Kirk Casale strikes out, he still walks enough that you look at that and you say, okay, that probably overweighs that a little bit. Plus consider this as well. His career at great American ballpark is awesome. Kirk Casale, 265 career hitter in over a hundred games at great American ballpark and slugs 440 at gabp so he is going to be happy to come back to Cincinnati, and he even said that on the hot stove the other night uh with uh, tommy thrall is that he was you know like i have unfinished business here and i'm glad to be back and to finish that business and overall he's solid behind the plate defensively you, you know he's nothing crazy but again this is the kind of guy that you want in a backup catcher Kirk Casale is going to provide some pop he's going to provide some defense he's going to provide that veteran ability the the guy who's been there right Luke Maley was a fine addition as well he's a good third option for sure if you're if you're telling me because whenever they signed him as the backup catcher I was like okay that's fine I don't necessarily know that I love it but as a third catcher I do love it I mean he kind of broke out I mean not really broke out but he at least showed that he can be a competent major league last year with the uh, guardians. So I think he can probably build on that a little bit, but he has the experience and he is better than anything that the Reds rolled out there in the second half of last season. Again, that bar is not very high, but this is just to show you the difference in this position this year. It is deep enough. Luke Maley, experience, Kirk Casale experience. And just for those who want to ask about these two guys, the reds actually brought back Austin Romine and Chucky Robinson on minor league deals. So they are now five deep when it comes to guys who have major league experience. I don't want to see Austin Romine and and Chucky Robinson, but if the reds have to, they can go to that. Well, supposing that, you know, both those guys stick through camp and they don't find a major league job somewhere else. But I look at this and I say that Nick crawl did a fantastic job of making the catching position so deep for the Cincinnati reds, that it has become the strength of this roster. And it will be a reason that the reds have a much better season in 2023. One of the biggest advantages to having such a deep catching position. And, and we've said this before, but especially with Casale and with Maile, It opens up the possibility to keep Tyler Stevenson in the lineup without having him catch 162 games, which is something that nobody will ever do ever again. I know lots of people like to point back to the catchers, really not even that far. Like I I was about to say Johnny Bench, but even back to like Mike Piazza and stuff like that, like guys are not going to catch that much anymore. We understand that teams need to have multiple guys who can play behind the plate, but with the bat that Tyler Stevenson has, you don't want to take that out of the lineup to give him a day off. You can give him a bit of a rest, give his knees a rest, give his possibility of getting hit by a foul ball a rest by putting him at first base or putting him at DH for who knows 50 games this year, 60 games. I mean, you want to protect him as much as possible. And this was a huge checkpoint for the offseason that we had for Nick crawl and Nick crawl got there. Nick crawl did it. He made the catching position deep. He gave the reds the ability to put Tyler Stevenson's in the bat uh, bat in the lineup without forcing them to catch every day. And he made the strongest position group on this roster, the catching group which as a huge fan of catchers, I'm a huge fan of what Nick Craw did this offseason because, look, the catching position will be one of the reasons that the Reds win at least 75 games this year. There's some, a question that a lot of folks are asking about my optimism when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, and the, and the biggest question that people have is David Bell. And while I have always said that I'm ambivalent about him, there's a number that I'm, that I'm looking at, a number that I was thinking about that I think kind of answers the question a little bit about, is David Bell actually a good manager? We'll talk about what that is coming up here in just a minute. But first, today's podcast is sponsored. By Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued number one source for all of your sports wagering information. When you go to betonline.net, you are going to get the top news, whether you're talking about the games of the day, whether you're talking about the transactions, the trades, the signings, everything that's going on. BetOnline.net has you covered. You can find all the latest player development, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every single game over at betonline.net. And as always, bet online remains your continued source uh, for live betting as well and up to the minute scores for every sport out there including the nfl as we get into the stretch run here tonight uh depending on if you're listening to this thursday night or if you're listening to it on friday it was last night uh week 16 begins huge huge week for the cincinnati Bengals against the buffalo bills they get a win here we could be talking about the number one seed and that is exciting check out lockdown Bengals for more about that and if you want to learn more about that as well when it comes to the betting angle head on over to betonline.net they've also got you covered for ncaa football as we're in the bowl season and we've got the college football playoff coming up we got college basketball the nba nhl boxing mma and golf head on over to betonline.net on your desktop or your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because betonline is where the game starts Thank you so much for making Lockdown Reds your first listen here today and and, and always doing so. Coming up tomorrow, we've got our live Aloha edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. It's coming up at 1.30 p.m. That's Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time as Steve and I will be looking at this offseason and another reason why the Reds could get that 75 win mark that I'm looking at. Steve kind of doesn't agree with that, but I'm working on it. I'm working on them, guys. I'm working on Uh, But but a huge reason why. And it's going to be a newcomer that we didn't talk about yesterday. That's that's coming up here on the live edition. Plus your questions, your comments, you get to drive the ship. It's been a lot of fun here. We're going to try to make this an every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern type of deal. All right. So a question mark, a a hurdle that people are having a, a hard time getting past when it comes to the 75 win mark is David Bell. Uh, Is David Bell a good manager? And there are so many avenues that we could go down with this. And this is probably something that if we wanted to really unpack this question, we probably need multiple podcasts to do that. However, there is an idea of mine to try to simplify things, right? I, I, I like easy to digest stuff. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to look at every single number and try to point out every single thing to shut down every argument. I just need a simple point to understand things. And there really isn't a manager war stat, right? Like we, we talk about war with players, wins above replacement with players. It's kind of a starting point for understanding how good a guy was in a given season. But I have a thought we could look at the projected win totals for the reds during david bell's tenure and then compare those to the actual win totals of each year and kind of come up with a number Uh, let's try this and i know uh, all of this isn't necessarily under his control but a lot of this could be kind of considered so so let's let's build a number here 2019 first year on the job the reds were projected to win 79 and a half games they actually won 75 so negative 4.5 wins above projection, below projection in this case. 2020, they were projected to win 31 and a half of the 60-game season. They won 31, so negative 0.5. So if you're counting along, that's negative five total wins against projection. 2021, he was above. It was 81 and a half projected wins for the Reds. They actually won 83. So a positive 1.5 wins, that's going to bring it back up uh, to just negative 3.5 wins. And then I know I'm saying a lot of numbers here, but when you're talking about projected win totals and what the Reds actually did under David Bell in 2022, they were projected to win 74 and a half games. And we all know that they won 62, negative 12. So, if you're counting along, the Reds have been 16 wins under Vegas projection since David Bell began managing. And look, I know that this is a flawed exercise, and this does not paint the whole picture, but I believe this begins to paint a picture. Because I think the key, when it comes to a baseball manager, anymore, uh, is just to not get in the way. Players define the game players define the success of a team managers can help that out. They can put guys in the right spots. They can put them in the right, uh, you know, the right spots in the order. They can bring in the right reliever and things like that. But by and large, it's up to the player to actually perform when he's called upon. However, if you are getting in the way, that's a problem. And the reds in his four years as manager have been 16 wins under Vegas projection under the tutelage of David Bell. Now, I don't think that that fully explains it, especially in 2022, whenever they gutted the roster in the middle of the season and he was having to roll out a bunch of different guys. We mentioned earlier in the podcast, 69 different players. Played for the Reds last year, 69 different players. Nice. But I still think that there is a measure of, of an answer with this number of 16 wins under projection. And that is he's not helping the team, right? Like if he were helping the team, that number would be smaller. And and would it be above zero? I don't know that that's the case because again, the roster building doesn't lead itself to that philosophy, but he is getting in the way a little bit. And when you're talking about these young guys coming up, because when David Bell was hired, Dick Williams was here. Dick Williams was spending. He was, he was using the payroll dollars that were allotted to him to go out and get guys, to trade for guys, to sign guys. Now we're talking about uh, bringing players up and trying to build the bulk of the team through development. So David Bell, since he began to now, is doing to- totally different things. And whether or not he can be good at that, I do have some pause based on last year because last year was the beginning of the, okay, let's run some young guys out there. Let's see what they've got. Let's see him develop. And he had 12 and a half wins less than the reds were projected. Now, does that mean that I think he torpedoes my take? No, I built David bell, into the 75 wins. I think that he's going to have more talent to work with this year with the young guys that are coming up with the guys that they signed based on who was here after the trade deadline. I'm not arguing that the reds pitching staff is better without Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. That's not the case, but they could grow into that. The top three that the reds have are every bit. Uh, their potential is every bit as good, if not better than what the reds had whenever they had Castillo Mally, and gray. When you're talking about Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft, they're not there yet, but they could be very soon. And you're looking at an infield that's going to have the addition of L.A. De La Cruz, who we will talk about quite a bit tomorrow as a huge reason why I'm optimistic about this team's uh, possible performance in 2023. But how does the manager fit into all of this? Is he getting in the way? And the numbers would seem to suggest that you know, just looking at win projections compared to win totals, questions exist about whether David Bell is getting in the way. And I know that you know we, we always hear about the players lauding him and they love how he runs the locker room and they they would play for him as much as they want to play for him. But at the end of the day, I don't think he trends as an above replacement level type manager. I think that you could go out and again, we've talked about this before. If you get rid of David Bell, you're going to bring in somebody who has the same philosophies as David Bell does a little bit more forward thinking, a little bit more analytical thinking, but melds that with, you know, intuition and what he sees, but also organizationally minded. How does he fit in with Nick crawl? How does he fit in with what Derek Johnson um, and Joel McKeithen are doing? with the development of the hitters and the pitchers like all of that comes into play you're not going to really change that that much but as a person and as what David Bell brings to the table I think he's you know I think he's a replacement level at this point point. and I don't necessarily know that the Reds win because of him don't think it's fair to say that they totally lose because of him but the question definitely is there but I'll tell you what, though, and, and as we're analyzing some different things and uh, taking a look at the numbers from last season, there is a statistic for hitters that define the struggles that the Reds had that we don't really talk about enough. So coming up next, I will tell you what the stat is and why the Reds are so bad at it. But first, I uh, wanted to uh, bring your attention to this. As the holidays are coming up and, and this weekend, of course, we got New Year's and, and there's lots of fun, lots of partying going on. If you're out and you're having a few drinks, definitely have a plan in place because if you think that you're good enough to drive, don't make sure that you have a plan to get home, make sure that you have the ability to call for a ride. Maybe it's an Uber, a Lyft, whatever it is, have a plan to get home where you don't have to rely on yourself driving impaired because it's not just you that you're affecting. You could affect the life of somebody else. And, and look, even when you're talking about affecting yourself, you know, your what your insurance goes up, you lose your license, something like that. You're probably thinking that's whatever I can handle with that. But what if you do mess up someone else's life? You could kill someone. Make sure you have a plan in place because look, like, I know that, you know, and you know that I know the risks of driving drunk and that the results are often tragic. However, there's a lot of folks that that still does not stop them from getting behind the wheel after they've had a few too many. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives, to save your life, to save my life. So if you think that you're good enough, don't. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again uh, for listening and watching today's podcast. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much. Make sure you follow and you click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. And if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you check us out on a Friday because we will be live, taking your comments, taking your questions. We are very active in the comment section on the Aloha live edition on Fridays, you're not going to want to miss that. Plus, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right. So there is a statistic. And I know that we've talked about some different things, position groups that hurt the Reds, different players who had subpar seasons and things like that. But looking at the team specifically when it comes to hitting, there was a statistic that absolutely just held the lineup back. And that is the Reds started an inning with an out more times, way more times than they did or than not. So hear me out on this. When it came to leading off an inning last year, or just leading off the game in general, the Reds had an on-base percentage of 286. That means that 28% of the time last season, they were getting on base to start an inning for comparison's sake. In 2021, we know that they were much better in 2021 than 2022. But in 2021, the on base percentage of the leadoff hitter, first hitter of the game, <clears throat> Jonathan India's rookie season, was 389, 103 points better than it was in 2022. And when you're leading off an inning, this is anybody. This is not just the leadoff hitter to begin the game. This is the first batter of each inning, which could be anybody in the lineup. As a team, they still had an on-base percentage of 337 in 2021. 50, right? Yeah, 51 points better than it was in 2022. And, and consider that number for a second, the 337 on on-base percentage. Only Tyler Stevenson, Spencer Steer, Matt Reynolds, and Stuart Fairchild on the 2022 roster had a lead off on base percentage better than 337 last year. And, and all of those were in at least 26 plate appearances. So, you know, I, I think with was Spencer steer had the lowest number of plate appearances leading off an in any, but he still had an on base percentage better than 337 leading off an in any like the reds started off too many innings with an out last year and it, it, it was a theme that Barry Larkin talked about quite a bit during the second half of the season you know strike one is the is the best pitch in baseball or something like that um but out number one can cripple a lineup I think if you follow that up out number one when you just start out an inning and think about that 71 percent of the time the Reds began an inning with an out. It's way too much, and I know that you know this is a sport where if your on base percentage is 400, then you're Joey Votto. So we're probably not expecting the Reds as a whole to be Joey Votto. But if they could just make that 337, 33 percent of the time, if they could bump that up 50 points, they bump the lineup up so much more than where it was in 2022. That's a number that I think they can improve on with better plate discipline, better pitch recognition, and just better at bats in general. But the Reds cannot start off every inning with an out. I mean, not every inning, but 70% of their innings with an out in 2023. That's going to be a huge number to watch as we uh, get into next year. But it was just something when I was looking at the numbers uh, the other day, kind of looking back on last season was like, you know, we know all these different things that struck out too much. They had terrible runners in scoring position, average, all this other stuff, but not leading off the inning with somebody on base. Absolutely murdered them. And it's something, you know, they got to be better about not giving away the first out of the inning in 2023. Just something to think about there as we move along, but that's going to wrap us up for this edition of the lockdown Reds podcast coming up tomorrow. We've got the live Aloha edition of the podcast at 1 30 PM Eastern time. Make sure you join us on the lockdown Reds YouTube page. If you're watching right here, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. We've got questions, comments. You will drive the ship as we talk about this upcoming Cincinnati Reds. Season, but that's gonna do it for us here today. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your next listen to locked Lockdown Sports Today podcast. They've got the biggest stories of the day, they've got instant reactions to all the big game recaps, and they've got the take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today. Just like Lockdown Reds, it's free and available and on podcasts. And just like Lockdown Reds, it's produced by me. I tell you what, as the off-season moves along, though still going to be some moves. The reds are probably going to make some different minor league signings, some different waiver claims, things like that. We're going to be all over them. we're going to be all over the rumors. And if the reds happen to make a trade as well, you can make sure, you can be sure that locked on reds will be here every single step of the way, because we're locked on reds every single day. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.